Hey there, everybody. Do you know if your website is contributing to your profitability? On today's episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, my guest Jeremy Sutton shares how your website should be contributing to your bottom line. Jeremy gives some great tips that you as a small and medium-sized entrepreneur can use to start closing the gaps and make sure that your website is working for you. Now, early on in our conversation, Jeremy talks about his experiences traveling the world and how that led him to leaving behind his identity as an American, and I'm air quoting here, and how it helped him contribute to his unique perspective of web design and functionality. This is an action-packed, value-content-filled podcast episode, so I highly encourage you to listen to it all the way to the end. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe, share with your friends, other entrepreneurs, or somebody who you think could find value. My name is Emmy Kirshner. I'm a serial entrepreneur and investor. The one thing that I get asked all the time is, how do you achieve success in business and make an impact? In each episode of the Tribe of Leaders podcast, you'll hear from entrepreneurs and visionaries who share how their leadership has changed not only their lives, but the lives of everybody around them. Hey, Jeremy, I am so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for being here. Share with everybody a little bit about what you do and how you make web presence and websites and all things. Websites in general, how do you make them so much easier for entrepreneurs to grow and sell? Well, thank you, Emmy. It's a delight to be here. I've, I really appreciate your time today as well. And uh, yeah, it's a great question because yeah, I help folks manage their entire web presence. And I think that's one of the key distinctions about ways that I recommend thinking about websites regarding how to make it a valuable overall presence. You know, how to make your web presence valuable is part of this game. So, you know, the web, it starts with your site, of course. You know, you need a really great hub. And I actually have a a little system for diving through the four main areas that comprise of a website. To share that really quickly, it's all you need. If your website's not profitable, all you need is a BFFF. And... uh, (laughs) Like the best friends forever, forever? That's about right. So what it, that stands for in our system is you need the back end, okay. the front end, your funnel, and then your flow. Got it. It's back end, front end, funnel, flow. So if there's something that's not profitable about your one's web presence, you just need to be FFF. <laughs> and so that kind of lens lets you look at like the whole system rather than just you know narrowly focusing on any slice. Because, you know, each one of those areas has whole subdomains that entire niche industries live in just one of those subdomains of those main categories. But that's the... Cool. Very cool. And how did you start your business? Well, I've had the privilege to live abroad a lot. uh, And I spent, you know, over six years abroad in the last decade or so. Right. And so I was living in Thailand at the time. My wife is from Japan. We met in Mexico. So we spent three years living in Thailand during our courtship to see if it was going to work. And at the time, I was teaching full-time. I was doing a master's in psychology. And once that master's wrapped up after about two years, I had all this time. And I realized I wanted to use that psychology for coaching, for teaching, and peak performance. And thus began my life as a web entrepreneur. (laughs) Because 
I had to, uh, I was living in Thailand, so there's not so many English speakers there. Uh, my Thai is not, I don't speak Thai. And so I, it's not anywhere good enough to be able to have Thai clients. And so I had to kind of draw all my clients from the web and learning how to do that is where the adventure began. Awesome. And now you've grown it into this business that helps small and medium-sized entrepreneurs really increase their presence as well. That's right. Yeah, it took one step at a time. You know, it's a, I guess it's a slippery slope if you're willing to get into this industry. I kind of realized a few years ago that there's two things that aren't going anywhere in terms of services needed. And, you know, it's basically people and technology are two things that aren't going anywhere. There's right. no foreseeable future where if you have a business, then people are involved. That's who interact with your business. And, you know, technology is here to stay. So as I was helping more of my clients or people who are looking for peak performance and psychology mm -hmm. things, they tend to be entrepreneurially oriented, uh, big goals. And then they wanted more help with web stuff because they could see that it was working. And, you know, there's a, quite a few more steps in the middle of there, but that was sort of the transition that kind of led the way to this whole business here. I'm curious too, because, you know, you said clearly from what you've shared, you've lived all over the world. So how has that contributed to your success as a business owner? Thank you. Yeah, I think that world travel has pretty much been, it's the cornerstone of kind of that's helped me become who I am because I've spent two years in South America and then four years throughout Asia. Three of those years were in Thailand. And I guess the main takeaways that I've kind of grabbed start with kind of getting outside of my own mind. And when I, I remember when I was really young, I was 18 when I first went to Paraguay. And I remember watching like the World Cup and at the time thinking, you know, I think it was the Women's World, the Women's World Cup, where it was the where Japan, it was that year that Japan just had that terrible earthquake and it was Japan and US in the finals. And I remember thinking at the time, gosh, you know, I'm sure this would mean just the world to the people on the Japanese side of this to have such an uplifting opportunity. And if I'm being honest, I don't really know those 11 people and I don't really know those 11 people. So why do I feel so identified with them and, you know, feel like they are the others? And I guess that experience with being abroad sort of started to like rattle loose my identity as I didn't realize I was so American. Right. <laughs> and then it kind of opened my mind to become a more of like a world citizen rather than just so narrowly defined. And I guess that helps with perspective taking, which has a lot to do with how websites are used also. Okay. So explain that a little bit more as far as the perspective taking and how websites are used. Sure. So being abroad helps you get out of your own mind because you start to think, especially with other languages, you start to think through the mindset of where you're at, which makes you realize that there's a different way than what maybe you've already always has been your automatic groove. And the way that relates to websites is that the web is where psychology, technology, and business all sort of wrap up in one little bundle. Because right. if I'm going to help you reach more of the people who you serve best, I need to understand who you are, what value you provide, and who can benefit from those services. So I'm really trying to, I'm not necessarily just trying to help you, I'm trying to help you help your clients. So I need to understand you and what your clients both need and care about if I have any chance to create something that's going to resonate to them and help you get more business. I love it because I think particularly with building a website, that's something that one entrepreneurs want to do on their own initially because they're trying to save money. But what are some things that you see entrepreneurs in general not doing well or not doing right that can really keep them from making more money and using their and optimizing their website 
as a profit machine? Well, on the macro level, one of the biggest things, um, we've discussed this before, but it's that solopreneur superhero syndrome. Where, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to laugh every time you say that. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> awesome. Because it fits so many of us too, though, right? I mean, it's like, I know I'm great at what I do. And so I should do everything because I'm going to save money and, and no one can really do it as well as me anyway. It's sort of the underlying, you know, a combination of those beliefs cause you to take the position that, you know what, just give it to me. I'm just going to do it. Sure, I might work 80 hour weeks. Sure, it might take me literally 10 times longer than a professional, but I did it myself. And so that sort of the macro skill there is knowing how to delegate to people who can do stuff better than you with the different areas. And then that is really important when it comes to web development in particular, because every single micro slice of a website, there's literally an entire profession dedicated to that slice. So, you know, there's no, any web designer, anyone who spent 10 years web designing has not spent 10 years web developing and neither of them has spent 10 years web consulting and marketing. Right. <laughs> so to then me be like, hey, here's Jeremy, king of everything entrepreneurial. And then to think that I can design a website better than a 10-year designer and then build that design better than a 10-year developer is, it's just ludicrous. Of course, there's no way that I could do that. So what are some things that, entrepreneurs could put in place outside of like hiring you, which they should sure, do, sure. but like things they might want to look at that could improve their website. Well, the first few things that um, you definitely want to take, pay attention to is the messaging of how you're trying to reach your clients. So people who have seen me on other shows will maybe have heard this, but one thing we, we say is we talk about the Copernican revolution of the web <laughs> and you know, the, in the real Copernican revolution, it was like, we thought the earth was the center of everything. It made so much sense. But then one day, the subtle details showed that it was actually the sun in the center and that we were revolving around that. Well, for when it comes to the web and that perspective shift, it comes down to this. The mistake that I will commonly make or that uh, I, as a you know, stereotypical entrepreneur, will make is something like, my name's Jeremy and I make websites and my websites are beautiful and my websites will get you business and my websites are super clean and fast loading. Do you want a website? <laughs> Right. So it's all about me and not about the client. That's right. It's like, here I am. And, and that makes sense. I'm just like, there's no, like, there's no judgment on that. That's like the most natural way to come about communication. And if you're trying to write your own messaging on your own website, that's the most natural way to start that thought. Cause you're like, I do, I do make beautiful websites. They are really clean. They are really fast. Why doesn't someone want these? Well, and uh, it's funny that you said that because when we redid our website a year ago, I started writing the copy that way and then I had to like go back and shift and I almost went bullet point by bullet point and mm -hmm. with each sentence rewrote it to be geared towards the customer or the pe person reading it so they actually identified. So I think that's so funny that you say that. <laughs> and, and so like let's do a little contrast by that. Instead of if we can turn those I statements into you statements or, uh, or statements of, of value, then that makes it much more likely. It's still not a guarantee. It's just one right. of the switches. But, you know, for example, if you say something more like, would you like to drive more clients through the web? Who would like to rank higher in Google search engines? Uh, how would your world be if your website was an asset that was a constant source of leads uh, It increased your industry authority and helped you just be more found on the web? Um, yeah. <laughs> there we go. And, see, and, and what basically is I just took me out of the equation because it's not about me. Right. The work that we do is not about me. It's about you. It's about you and you serving your clients. 
that's the Copernican revolution. Take the I out of there. Talk more about you and also what are the pain points and the things that you can do to help the other folks. That's so cool. And you know, I think that's brilliant because that changes your messaging so much. Now you, because I was on your website a little while ago and you offered, I forgot the name of it, but like a kind of a analysis where you'll go in and help people and look at what's working and what's not working. Mm-hmm. Outside of like the copy piece, what is one thing that you could help them with that goes in that that analysis? Sure. Yeah. So we're going to always start with like the four pillars analysis. Uh, so we're going to check out the back end, the front end, the funnel, and then the flow. And so some of the things that right off the top that are commonly not taken advantage of, though, are an SSL certificate, which is okay. pretty much the thing that gives you the little lock next to your browser. Super important to have that for a couple of reasons. If you want to do any business online, transact any sales through your website, you're legally obliged. So that's super important. But then also Google is all about trying to create a more secure internet. And since July of 2018, they've actually made the SSL and the encryption a ranking factor for your website. And also if you have a form on your site and people give you information, it's just important that you protect their information. So you owe it to the clients who trust you to keep their information safe. But the SSL... And analytics, you would be, you probably would not be surprised how, how many people don't have their just Google Analytics and Google Search Console set up. Because without that, you don't even know if your sites are being effective. You don't know what's, where people come from or how long they stay on each page or which page they leave from. So those are a couple low-hanging fruit to grab frequently. I love that. I love it. Now, I'm really curious too. What's the flow? Because flow is one of my favorite words. <laughs> yeah, great. So in this uh, in this metaphor, you know, the first three are all about sort of creating the machine. You got your infrastructure, you got the way it looks and feels, and then you add the funnel as the business tools like landing pages, email automation, free downloads, this sort of thing. So now you have this tool, which is sort of the, the funnel on your website. And then the flow is all about traffic and conversions. So it's about how many people show up to your website on a daily basis, how many of them are ideal clients, and how many of them actually give you the chance to follow up with contact info. Cool. I love it. So what has been your biggest challenge? You talked earlier very briefly about you know, the solopreneur superhero. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you've had to kind of wrestle with in the past where you yourself were being the superhero? One hundred percent. I was like, I was probably like ground zero of the worst culprit for, um, (laughs) you know, it's, it's all hubris too. It really comes down to ego because it's just like, no, I can do everything. I mean, I was literally writing like 2000 words a day for my blog when I was precisionprinciple.com was my website at the time. I still get 10 to 20 hits a day and a couple downloads every couple weeks, um, even though I haven't touched it in years. But yeah, I mean, I was trying to do everything. I was trying to you know, figure out design programs. And I got the entire Adobe suite and I took 10, 15 hours of Adobe Illustrator classes so I could figure out how to make a logo. It's like, what the heck am I thinking? (laughs) You know, I did actually hire someone to build my first website once I, the first design, once I realized that wasn't going to work. Oh, my designs weren't going to (laughs) work. Was that like, like, oh God. (laughs) It it felt expensive. I was was actually really happy about the help because I felt, it actually like, it actually empowered me to start just writing a lot more and because kind of the ideas was where I was at and I didn't have all the other skills. But even then after that, I got, I got the site up and of course I felt like I, you know, it did have budget constraints, of course, but, but when <laughs> it's not till I realized, you know, when you partner correctly, you should be making more money and life should be easier. You should get like a double bonus for when you delegate correctly. 
but coming back to, I guess, to uh, some of the hard other challenges, I would say that, you know, realizing how, you know, I was kind of a pretty compassionate, open-hearted type of individual, you know, I come in with a background in meditation. I actually got a Ashtanga yoga certification while staying in, in India. So it was hard for me to ask people to actually pay for my services once upon a time too, because I'd just be willing to give away the farm. I'd see someone who wants help and I just want to just, oh, well, how can I say no? Let's just do this. What do you, what can, what do you got? Overcoming that sort of personal challenge was another one that you know, okay. helped in the long Was run. there a process that you went through to, to do that? Or was it just the practice of, oh, hey, I got to pay the bills? There's certainly nothing like having to pay the bills to actually put that sort of pressure on. But I would say having coaches and mentors was a really big part of it. I'm a really voracious learner. So even though some advice that you hear time and time again from like 100 sources, all of a sudden it comes from someone who you're talking to and you realize that you can't ignore it anymore. And so at one point, one of my coaches just said, you know, look, if every time you get a new client, it Mm -hmm. feels more like a burden than a blessing then you're definitely not charging enough. And I was just thinking, I'm like, well, bang, do I got like a target between my eyes? Because I was getting to the point where it was just like, man, every time I get a new client, it just feels like I'm more underwater. And so sort of seeing that whole thing come together, that realization, then plus that's the realization that spurred on the process, which I've now figured out how to overcome, (laughs) you know, actually then clarifying how you offer your services um, and, you know, for example, offering a, a tune-up service that you discussed earlier as a way to demonstrate unambiguous value and also pave the way for what might be next. Right. Well, and I think everybody should do that. I know, at least with my stuff, I start out with a plan and we're really good and then we change things or we, we're updating and things fall off. Like you forget mm-hmm. there's broken links somewhere, but it all adds up to it not performing as well as, mm-hmm. as it could. So oh, totally. And that, that actually, that's a good quality though that you mentioned though, is that knowing that you don't need to have a perfect plan to get started and that you should not wait to have a perfect plan to get started. Right. Um, I, I think one of my favorite metaphors there is that, you know, you know, when you're sailing on a boat, like the day before GPS, you know, the sailors could only see to the horizon, which is, you know, max like 10 to 20 miles out. But it turns out that that's all the further you need to see in order to sail across the whole ocean right. in the long run. Yeah. So... I mean, technically, I guess you got to see to the stars. You use that for the navigation. But the point is that you don't have to. You don't have to be able to visualize the entire route to your destination in order to navigate there. So right. just get started and course correct as you go. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think that's really important too. And just kind of keep at it and keep at it and keep at it. What was something like as you were letting go of your solopreneur superhero? What was something that you, I want to say, did? or let go of that really helped you delegate more effectively? Was it like hiring team or did you need different systems or? One of the things that uh, there's a a body of work by a gentleman named David Allen and his work is called getting things done. It's a super robust system of how, of really like the X's and O's of how mental work moves from ideas to actually taking action. And so that definitely when I was, uh, I was actually, getting into that work while I was in India and also had a time to reflect. I was doing this yoga process and I was really getting a lot of my ideas out into an external system. So number one is get your ideas out of your head because as long as they're up here, they feel like they're infinite. And then you start to capture them in like concrete words. And then you realize that there was a lot less than you thought and getting it out of your mind lets you 
let go of it. And then it was a matter of building relationships with people, figuring out how to find people I can trust. And also realizing that you don't need to just trust people all out right from the start. You can build trust through through tests and through examples where you do work together and you can figure that out as you go. Okay. That's so helpful. I love that. And I totally agree with you because I tend to keep a ton of things in my head and it all works so much better for me and my team when we write it down or keep it in a project management tool that we use or Mm -hmm. processes for that idea. But it it really frees up, I think, your brain space to Mm -hmm. have better ideas and solve other problems. Yeah, totally. It's like that mental ram. It, it, David Allen often says, like, is if you don't get, if you have an idea, you know, you need to get something done. If you don't get that out of your head in a place that you trust it to be there later, then part of your mind will never let that go. And then when you get too many of those, you just have this sort of gnawing, uneasy feeling that there's something somewhere that you're not taking care of, and your mind starts to just constantly worry about that in the background, and that that becomes your baseline, undermining all your creative flow and all of your focus in some little ways. Yeah. About all your work. Very cool. I love it. Thank you so much. This has been really helpful. And I think you've shared like so many things that people can do right away to start increasing their their web presence. Share with us a little bit about what's next on the horizon for you. So we have kind of like an archaeologist. I, I feel like I have this new system and it's you know it's not it's not new, but it's just it's not necessarily mine. It's just me discovering what's already out there in the world. And that's the four pillars of a profitable web presence. Mm-hmm. I feel like over the last seven years, I've really sort of been chiseling away at the dust and we're getting down to the sort of the bones that are left there. And I'm really, really excited to continue to make more content and share more information around this whole system um, as how people can take each slice of it to really improve their websites. Because it really opens your mind to there's nothing more than that. And at the same time, it's a lot. <laughs> so having it objectified right there and also having techniques to kind of dissect into each part of it is a really exciting opportunity I see ahead. Awesome. So if somebody wanted to get access to that, how would they do that? Oh, well, actually, you can check out my website, webship.solutions. And we actually have a blog. The new post is just released, The Four Pillars of a Profitable Web Presence. You can check out the blog there. Or if you'd like to get it sent straight to you right now, anyone is welcome to text the word WebShip, that's one word, W-E-B-S-H-I-P, WebShip to 55678, and we'll text you a link uh, straight to the system where you can download it for yourself. Oh my God, that's so easy peasy. I love it. Thank you so much. I'm going to download it. <laughs> Sounds great. I definitely, and I'd love to hear what you what you think. If there's uh, any questions, you know, yeah. every piece of work is a work in progress. So if you have any feedback, we'd love to have it. You say everything is evolution. So absolutely. And where do people connect with you in addition to the website? The website is certainly the best uh, place to find me right away. But you can also find us on social media: Facebook, Webship Solutions, and Twitter at Jeremy Web Wizard for any Twitter connections. I love that. Where did you get Web Wizard or the Wizard yeah. piece? Just well, you know, I don't know. I just like alliteration. And, uh, and, and and for a lot of people, when you look at what goes on behind the scenes with websites, it might as well be magic, right? There's, I can't, there's a famous quote, like any far enough advanced uh, technology is indistinguishable from magic. And for most of us, you don't have to go too deep before the web becomes that. Oh, no. <laughs> so, we'll choose you. 
Yeah, I was say pretty top level for me, and it's all magic. So. <laughs> exactly, the skin of the apple. It goes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here. I love what you shared, and I'd love to have you back on again at some point too, because. I think this is something that we all need to kind of revisit just over and over again. So wonderful. I'd love to join you uh, anytime. And I really do appreciate your time and having me on the show as well. Thank you. And for everybody watching and listening, we will see you next week. As an entrepreneur, do you ever feel isolated? Like you're just grinding away and not getting to the place or reaching the goals that you want. Maybe you've realized that you just spent days, weeks, or even months trying to accomplish something only to figure out that the answer that you have would have saved you all of that time. I know I've had that experience and my clients have as well. And that's why I created the Tribe of Leaders Biz School. Get the accountability, the training, and the knowledge base in a community of like-minded people who are there to support you. Go ahead and check it out. It's thetribeofleaders.com.